Let us turn our hearts to God in prayer. Eternal God, open our hearts and minds to hear your word to us this day. That we might worship you in awe and wonder and that we might serve you faithfully through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our epistle lesson today is from the letter to the Colossians, the first chapter, verses 11 through 20. Hear these words of scripture. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by me- making peace through the blood of his cross. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At my parents' home, the room in the basement that was once my brother's is known as the Red Room because it's had red carpet since the day that this modest house was built. But more interesting is one wall in that room which has, since the day the house was built, been covered with wallpaper that mimics old-fashioned black and white newsprint from the 1800s. It looks like a page of old-time classified ads hawking products with absurd claims. And at one time, I actually thought this wallpaper was kind of cool. My personal favorite is the line drawing of a man with a huge flowing mane of amazing hair, not unlike one of those shirtless hunks pictured on the cover of a romance novel. Of course, it's advertising a hair tonic that promises balding men the ability to grow a lush, thick head of hair simply by using this product. It's absurd, of course. You and I both know that the world of dubious claims has not diminished. The ads are just more colorful, and there are so many more. For our day-long commissioning class retreat on Veterans Day, which was a great day in my books, 
We asked the youth to bring examples of print or video ads so that we could look at the claims that those ads made. What was the product being advertised? What problem was it trying to solve? What was it trying to save people from? And they found no shortage of examples, for it doesn't matter where you look, they are everywhere. The pills that promise dramatic weight loss, or the one that really makes me laugh, the device that you put around your waist that will magically melt belly fat. How do you evaluate these claims? My brother-in-law works for a consumer products company in, of all things, hair products. And one of the things he does as a researcher is to provide backup for claims the company wants to make about its products. Is what the marketers want to say actually true? Will it hold up in court? Will science back it up? Today's text from Colossians is one that is filled with absurd claims. And it makes those claims in an ancient hymn preserved in the text, a hymn that is so ancient it makes our old hymn book favorites seem shockingly new. It claims that God has revealed God's self through Christ. It claims that the reign of Christ extends throughout the world, all the way to Kenya and back. And the claim that I've kept coming back to all week long, the claim that I want to be true, but is so hard to believe, is the claim that in Christ all things hold together. It's hard to believe, even if we want to, when it seems like the world as we want it to be is falling apart. It flies in the face of what we see. But what if it were true in some mysterious way? What difference could it make? What difference could it make to know that in Christ all things hold together, even though your family is splitting up? What difference could it make to know that if a loved one's life is in tatters from addiction or mental illness? What difference could it make to know that when, that when the one who held your family together is now gone? What difference could it make to know that in Christ all things hold together even though violence and conflict and ideologies tear communities apart? What difference could it make? What difference could it make to know that Christ does way more than patch up this world with duct tape and crazy glue, and instead holds all things together with the gift of his life for the world? Sometimes I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to figure it all out before we'll accept these wild claims. Ted Loder writes that if, as Christians, we say we believe in a Christ-like God, we need to continually evaluate and respond to other things according to how we grasp or are grasped by 
that Christ-like God. And the danger lies in the reverse, evaluating and responding to God by how we grasp these things. But we're a skeptical bunch. We do often and assess and respond to God based on how we understand what we see, rather than respond to what we see based upon how we understand God. But instead, what if we relieved ourselves from that impossible self-expectation and simply acted in faith that it was true, that we are indeed grasped by a Christ-like God? What if we placed our ultimate loyalty in him, not out of absolute certainty, but simply in faith and hope that the kingdom of God is indeed breaking into the world? Rolf Jacobson offered the example of orange cars. How many do you remember seeing on your last car drive, he asked. If you're like me, he said, the answer is zero. But now go out. On your next five car drives, look for orange cars, or yellow, or some strange color, and you will see them because they are there. This writer says this is what it's like if you start looking for the kingdom of God and where it's breaking into this broken world. You'll start seeing it in daily life where Jesus is healing the sick, setting the oppressed free, forgiving sinners, and proclaiming good news. It's our calling to train ourselves to look for these glimpses. So here's a proverbial orange car, a glimpse of the kingdom breaking in that I noticed this week. Actually, it might count for two of them. Nearly two years ago, a man named Scott Warren was giving humanitarian aid in the Arizona desert to two migrants from Central America. He gave them shelter, food, and water because he was volunteering with an organization called No More Deaths, which was founded by a Presbyterian pastor in Tucson. And it was founded to save those lives at risk. Now that's the first glimpse of the reign of Christ breaking in. But Mr. Warren was arrested and tried on charges of harboring undocumented migrants simply for offering life-saving aid. His first trial ended in no verdict. But at the conclusion of his retrial this past week, the jury swiftly found him not guilty. And there is glimpse number two. You see, Jesus reigned in the violence of his own years on earth, not just the prettiness. And Daniel Migliori says that if we cover up the true nature of Jesus' reign, when we choose gilded and bejeweled crosses as symbols of Christ's majesty and glory, we keep it hidden inside the false reality of magnificent worship spaces and pageantry. In hiding the violence of the event that stands at the center of the gospel drama, he said, 
We turn the message of the costly love of God into a sentimental fairy tale or a symbol of domination or some other distortion of its true meaning. Friends, we believe Jesus still reigns as Prince of Peace even in the violence and despair of this day. Threats of bombs and warfare, domestic violence, abuse of power, and exploitation of those who are vulnerable, all these things that we would rather not see. This is the real world where the drama of salvation unfolds, Big Luria wrote. There is an expansiveness, an amazing expansiveness in the ancient hymn of today's scripture as it affirms over and over and over again that in Christ, God indeed holds all things together, reconciling all of creation to God's self. Lofty as royalty and lowly as a child born in a stable all at the same time. It's absurd. Absolutely. And it's that God that we need. It's that kingdom that is worth looking for. Amen.